Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, I see we're sending 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine. Yeah, there you go. Dropping off some tanks over there so they can fight the Russians. This is on the heels of the report that we had yesterday that a whole lot of people in Ukraine's government have resigned now amid corruption allegations because, well, they may have been taking some of the cash that their partners in the West have been giving them and enriching themselves, really. I think we're in double digits now. We're up to 11. Yeah. That have had to resign. It's a Does lot. Does Zelensky have to sign for those when they deliver them? <laughs> That's a good question. I just wondered. Get, go with the press secretary on that one today. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I just have to point something out here. This wasn't in the original show plan here, but I've just been handed something. Yes? You know how Joe Biden has a uh, he has trouble remembering names, especially names of black people, and especially the name of his uh, secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin? Yeah, him, Katanji Brown. Well, you saw her. Yeah, that. Yeah, Lloyd Austin. He, that's been an ongoing thing. My, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Apparently, he did it again. Oh my no God. way! <laughs> really? He's yeah. right behind him. Yeah, he's right they behind put, him. They, they really need to put name tags on these people. <laughs> you want to hear this? Lloyd Austin. <laughs> All right, here we go. The Secretary of State and the Secretary of, of, the, uh, of uh, uh, the military are behind me. Uh, are, uh, they, they've been deeply, deeply involved in this, this whole effort. Armored capability, as uh, General Austin will tell you, speak, uh, uh, is, has, been, has been critical. He almost called him Speaker. Yes, close. Wow, man. My, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. You know that guy. A, the Secretary Austin, of Military or military whatever. Defense, yeah, whatever yeah. you guys want to call it now. <laughs> you know, you know what I meant. Come on, man. Right. <laughs> Give me a break on that. Huh? <laughs> why why, why oh, does this old boy. man have such trouble remembering who Lloyd Austin is and what his title is? That's a great question. Or sometimes, if he remembers who it is, he still can't say the name. Javier Bacaria. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, it's a stutter. Yeah, it's a okay, stutter. Okay, it's not yeah. dementia. Yeah. Just remember all of that. Uh, so we'll have an update on that. Of course, more on the classified documents scandal. Um, a guy that I still think could be the nominee for the Democrats in 2024. I don't think David thinks that anymore, but we're talking Gavin Newsom. Mm. Was speaking again. Yeah, uh, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, is leveraging two mass shootings in his state to try to up his national profile. Uh, and even though his state's strict gun control measures didn't do anything to stop the tragedies, and in fact, in one case, one of the weapons that the killer had in his possession was literally registered with the state of California. So the gun registry didn't even really accomplish anything. Wow. So what they're saying now, we just can't have any guns. Well, now we got we got a gun control harder. OK, uh, he spoke to CNN about this. And again, the weird thing to me is that he was like smiling about this 
as he was trying to shoehorn national issues into these specific situations. Okay, roll it. It's the person that's on the hospital bed whose leg is shattered. I just put a rod in the leg. He says, I need to get out of here because I can't afford the health care bills. Uh, I mean, the complete abject failure of our immigration policy is exposed yesterday what? and today. I mean, complete, utter, abject failure of common sense on gun safety and immigration policy. So for me... Hold on a second. What in Whoa. the heck is he talking about? Yeah, because uh, the workers who were killed uh, in the farm shootings, they were uh, migrant workers. But, I, again, I don't really understand what that has to do with immigration. Again, this guy is trying to leverage these tragedies to say, see, I am well-spoken on all of the health care, uh, 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 immigration, gun control. I'm the guy, Democrats, and that's why I think... He won't play on the national stage. Okay, man. You're starting to turn me a little bit. I mean, the, we know the guy's not bright because we've seen enough interviews with him to know that. Yeah. But, man, he's had so much backing. But, man, if it's going to be like this all the time, he is going to lose people. I guess maybe, you know, after 22 days and 32 trillion gallons of water falling in the state and being in a crisis of droughts and floods and now two mass shootings in three days, um, I guess I'm a little more prone to express myself about my frustrations with what I'm not seeing nationally and particularly in Congress right now. Got climate change in there, too. This guy yes, is just a better-looking version of Beto O'Rourke. Well, he also managed yeah. to take a shot at Congress. Yep. Yeah, they're not getting time. it done. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. That talk about packaging everything. Yeah. Okay. It's hard for me to get into the brain of someone that could vote for him, but... Th- does that person sit there, see this, and say, well, yeah, he cares about all the things I care about? I, it's hard for me to fathom that. I don't no, know, man, because... You're... Oh, go ahead, Scott. No, he's 100% right, because when you look at a governor like DeSantis, you look at the track record of the state. It's yes. exceeding every other state in almost every metric you can measure. Meanwhile, let's take a look at California. Right, but you just keep talking about these high-minded it, things just... that... But it, you're right, it doesn't make it. any sense. What track record would this guy give me to think that he can lead us into wherever we're going to go? There yeah, isn't one. Well, no. There's no track, there's nothing. But there's usually a blame somewhere else. I've failed at three different businesses. Hire me for your business. I want to run it. Well, no. Well, dude, when you think of it this way, and we'll move on, when you hear about Democratic names of people that aspire to be president... It's usually from the worst-run states with yeah. a horrible track record. It's J.B. Pritzker in Illinois and Gavin Newsom and Whitmer in Michigan. <laughs> like, you're kidding me. This is your bench. Yes. Now, speaking of Ron DeSantis, completely different story. I saw this in the New York Post. It was by Rich Lowry. Um, it was talking about DeSantis being absolutely correct in rejecting the woke AP African-American studies curriculum, if you've heard about this story at all. Um, so, David, you could probably explain this yeah. better than me. It, it's uh, a college. They're running this out in colleges, but they want to put it into high schools no, across the country. So it's the college board which puts together advanced placement high school course, courses. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes into play. And they have been working on this African-American studies class uh, to go along with AP History, AP Chemistry, AP whatever, AP English, all, the, all those different classes that high schoolers take to get college credit um, or hopefully get. 
uh, college credit while they're still in high school. And they've been testing out this African-American studies. They're in the pilot phase of this where they're rolling it out at, at 60 schools nationwide. And the state of Florida said, well, we don't want to be part of this experiment. And the national media has decided that that means Ron DeSantis has just made it illegal to teach about African-Americans. Right. They do this every time. Yep. The left, you see it on MSNBC. Yeah. You see it with politicians. Well, Corrine Jean-Pierre said this decision by DeSantis is incomprehensible. Oh, God. He wants to block the study of black Americans, saying these types of actions aren't new, especially from what we're seeing from Florida, sadly. What Chevron Jones, Democratic senator from Florida, said uh, they're trying to whitewash American history. Nobody's doing that. Of course not. But this is what the left says every time yeah. when critical race theory comes up. And, you know, again, we Scott, you talked about your own history of learning about history in school. Yeah. That was decades ago. Well, yeah. It was the same yours, for yeah. me. Right. How awful slavery was. We, absolutely. We were taught that. Yes. But they're pretending right now that, oh, it's just that oh, white people were great all the way through. No, not at all. And as it says in the piece, no reasonable person opposes teaching American history fully and truthfully. No. And mentions in Florida, the Stop Woke Act itself stipulates that instructors should teach the history of African peoples, the Middle Passage, the experience of slavery, abolition, and the effects of segregation and other forms of discrimination. That should be taught. Absolutely. But, you know, they say bias aside where you're coming in on this do we really need high school students brushing up on black queer studies because yeah. that's what part of this class is supposedly offering yeah part of the that is a topic 4.19 black queer studies which includes uh something to this effect we have to encourage and develop practices whereby queerness isn't to surrender to the status quo of race, class, gender, and sexuality. It means building forms of queerness that reject the given realities of the government and the market. That it is communist ideology wrapped up in this thing that they call now queer theory. Yes, I mean, I see the words explores the concept of queer color critique grounded in black feminism and intersectionality as a black studies lens that shifts sexuality studies toward racial analysis. You don't need that in high school. Sorry. Nope, nope you don't. That's insanity. Oh, but Ron DeSantis, he doesn't want us to learn about slavery, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, in other news, the job market for remote workers is shrinking, according to the Wall Street Journal. Mm. A lot of people said, you know what, I don't want to go back into the office. Yeah. And now I've kind of... Got negotiating power. Apparently that negotiating power isn't so much in play anymore. Because mm -mm. there are more people demanding that you come into the office. Yes. That that is starting to turn a little bit. So that's pretty interesting. Also with employment, we'll get into this a little bit more later. It's crazy to me yeah. that we have now set a record for able-bodied men, 25 to 54 years old, at the lowest employment in the history well, since they've been keeping track of it. Build back better. <laughs> and why is that? What's going into it? Some people would say there's several different things. Also, well, we can play a clip right now. Uh, 
David, I sent you a few clips today. I wanted you to hear them to think if they were worthy. Mm-hmm. Plus, there were some F-words in there, and I trusted you to edit them out. Uh-oh. Um, I, I guess we could just call this a learning lesson from libs of TikTok. Oh, no. Um, uh, Scott, no. just so you know, uh, there's no way you can be racist toward white people. Isn't that right, David? Oh, That's what we're told. Here yes. we go. Yeah. All right. See if we can make sense of this. Uh, roll it out. Go ahead. You know why you can't be racist towards white people? It's because we have generational wealth. And let's be f- real. You have generational wealth, don't no, you, Scott? No, I don't. No, I don't. You, David? No. No. I mean, yeah. if you count, you know, a couple of trailers that still need to be tipped back upright, you know, then if that's wealth, then sure. I suppose if you compare that to third world countries, maybe. Yeah. But American standards? Anyway, go ahead. And this is this is the white woman who's very angry. Yeah, of course. Okay. If there is a person of color in front of me... Being like, yo, I hate you because you're white. They don't actually. That's a little racist. <laughs> it's totally it? yeah. racist. That is racist. They're going back to like definition. That's racist. I, I know how black people speak, right? He's like, hey, yo, I bleep it. I hate white people. All right. All right. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> going back to yo MTV raps. Yeah. You know that. Being like, yo, I hate you because you're white. <laughs> They don't actually hate me because I'm white. They hate the history of this country and they hate the privilege that comes with the color of my skin and how I don't have to work as hard as they do. And I feel like that's valid. And if you don't, I don't give a. Well, that's fine. You can be stupid forever if you want to be. I don't. I don't give up (laughs) there. I heard that. And the only thing I could hear in my head was Chris Rock calling her a crack ass cracker. (laughs) (laughs) Man, some people really lost in our country right now. She's fun, I'll bet. Whew. Uh, okay, something else we got to get to. The New York City mayor says he's toothpaste. Yeah. What exactly does that mean? I can't wait to get into that. What? There's a lot to get to coming up right here. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. What did the New York City mayor say now? Oh, uh, well, he's launching a newsletter now to counteract the press coverage of him. He's going to write the news himself. Oh, good. Because he's unbiased. <laughs> we, right. So, because he says that the press is too mean to him. Uh, so, Eric Adams. <laughs> yeah. These people are unreal. <laughs> Eric Adams says it's, uh, yes, because the media keeps being unfair to him. And he compared himself to toothpaste. What? Very weird. Toothpaste. All right, toothpaste. let's try to yeah. dissect this. Let's try to make sense of it. You can report a distorted version of what I say. I want to speak directly to the people of this city and hear directly from the person they elected. And that's the purpose, so that we can communicate, give them accurate information. I'm now at your mercy. If Colgate was at the mercy of the tabloids, they would go out of business. So I am the Colgate. I can't go out of business. Okay, usually I have some sort of theory, even though it won't even make sense to myself. Mm -hmm. I got nothing. If the media went after Colgate, they couldn't be toothpaste anymore? Is that what he's trying to say? Yeah. (laughs) 
if Why? they were if they weren't allowed to advertise their own brand. Oh, I guess I don't I don't know, but I'm pretty sure if there was some juicy story about nefarious things happening at Colgate, the media would probably run with that. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when we're talking about toothpaste, when I first saw the headline of that, I thought, it was, honestly, I thought it was going to be some race thing. Like teeth are white. And... Or that toothpaste is white unless yeah. you get the green gel. Right. You know, there's not much black toothpaste, although I have used it before. Mine have black stripes in it. Do they really? Mm-hmm. What kind of toothpaste is that? It's uh, it's a name brand. I can't think of it right now, but it's got the... Uh... I don't want to say coal in it, but it's got the charcoal other, or whatever charcoal that, yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. I've used the charcoal thing. Yeah, before. so it's it comes out. Odd. It comes out as black and white together. So I just want everybody to live that way. That's Manny. true. Yeah, you Very listen aggressive. to Ebony and Ivory as you're brushing your teeth <laughs> every day. Black and white cookies in my lunchbox. Yeah, that's <laughs> so nice. Thank you, Oreo guy. Hey, update on something. Uh, not a huge deal. Sometimes we do this lighter note stuff. You know, Pamela Anderson has this new book out. I heard about this. There was part of me that was interested to at least read part of it because of who she was in the 90s and just the firestorm with Tommy Lee and all that stuff. I still can't get myself to care that much to read it. But she's promoting the book, and she had said some, you know, things about Tim Allen, you know, that he flashed her on the set of Home Improvement. He says, that's not true. Now she said something about Sylvester Stallone. What? Said he offered me a condo and a Porsche to be his number one girl. And he told her, that's the best offer you're going to get, honey. You're in Hollywood now. And she replied, quote, does that mean there's number two? Uh Uh-uh. Said, I wanted to be in love. I didn't want anything less than that. Now Sylvester Stallone denies that. Says it's false and fabricated. So there you go. Wow. Mean anything to you? I mean, <laughs> anytime I see Sylvester Stallone or even Jack Nicholson, some other people, do you remember a book that was out in the 90s said you'll never work in this town again? Yeah. It was these different call girls that got together and wrote the book about all these different stars. Mm-hmm. You talk about depravity. <laughs> Holy mackerel. What was the name of Tim Allen's fake show? Tool Time. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> News update. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm Jen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot going on today. Uh, the President spoke. The Secretary of State and the Secretary of, of the uh, Defense. Of, uh, yeah. uh, the military are be behind me. Yeah. Uh, are uh, they? They've been deeply, deeply involved in this uh, this whole effort. Okay, with Ukraine sending tanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people have said over the last several months, hey, and this people even that are for us supporting Ukraine, hey, could we pay a little more attention to our own border? That would be good. What are we doing to stop the inflow? 
Well, not much. Nothing. No. I saw a piece from Jordan Boyd, the Federalist, reminding us that, again, corporate media running cover for Biden. Because in December, uh, Customs and Border Protection recorded 251,487 arrests, including, excuse me, 17 potential terrorists. Okay. You know, in the Trump years, we never got the double digits with the terrorists. Just heard that stat the other day. That's 17 in a month. Yeah. Well, not surprised. I mean, when the border is not secure, when the border is wide open, and the administration is only taking steps to make it easier for somebody to come into this country illegally, even though they're how they're doing it is they're changing the definition of who counts as illegal and not. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, the border's wide open, man. I mean, I'm not surprised at all. I, my only question is how many people were not detected who have been a national security oh, yeah, threat right. in the past. Well, you know how many gotaways we had? 1.2 million. Don't know who they are. Nope. Don't know what the agenda is. No friggin' idea. And it's it's not like, okay, that's stopped now. We just got to worry about who's in and really have surveillance to try to figure out is there going to be some sort of terror plot within the country. No, it's more every single day. Yeah. And it's just ignored. It's so frustrating. Okay, so we got that up. Well, you've got cities around the country that are saying it's okay to vote in our next election. Yes. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, more and more all the time. And you wonder what the reason is? Well... Well, they just want to give right, better life. You know, yes, yeah, uh-huh. open arms to all of these but people. But the children. Unbelievable. Yep. All right, it's that time of the show. We're always looking at stories all over the place. Um, what in the world was that? That was, was, that, that was Ilan Omar, I think. That was Ilan Omar. What's that all about? Some people did something. Yeah, they let them all in. This? Is that how we start this segment now? That's what you're afraid of <laughs> yeah. in the beginning. Right, yes, exactly. Is that some people are going to do, do something. something. They just haven't done it yet, and I hope that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. No, it's time for, well, as we go through all these stories, it might not be the biggest one, but it caught your attention. David, what's your story today? Uh, my story today is that Mexico has passed a law banning smoking on beaches. All public places with fines up to $550. <laughs> fentanyl, fine. Yeah. Cigarettes, Well, fine. fentanyl d- doesn't really stay in Mexico, though, so that's fine. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So, yeah, tourists in Mexico, if you want to light up a cigarette on the beach or at any other public place, potentially you will face a hefty fine because of a new ordinance that recently took effect in Mexico. Uh, Locals and visitors can now be fined up to $550 for smoking in outdoor public places like beaches, parks, town squares, hotels, stadiums, and other areas. So where can you smoke? Confined Uh, areas? Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. That's one of the big problems that needed tackling? Apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. Have you ever smoked on a beach in Mexico, David? Yes, I have, actually, yeah. Well, we got the trifecta right here. Yeah, I was yeah. say, that makes three of us. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't litter. No, 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 no. It just sounds like a, a, a moody uh, Jimmy Buffett song, doesn't it? Like during like an emo phase, maybe he went through. Have you ever smoked on a beach in Mexico? 
Well, I think it'd be talking about smoking something different. If we yeah. were just regular tobacco, that would probably be something completely different yeah. that you would be talking about. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to hear what different governments spend time on when you have massive other problems that need to be tackled. But let's get to this one and spend at least a few days on it. Mm-hmm. Smoking on the beaches. Okay. Scott, what is your story today? A new song by Brownsville Station. <laughs> Well, uh, yesterday, a conservative writer by the name of Helen Andrews tweeted out about what she's been seeing at the D.C. Metro station. Apparently, there are quite a few Metro writers who don't feel like paying. She tweeted out, update, nearly 40 fare jumpers in five minutes this morning. I asked the Metro attendant, do you care about these people stealing? He said verbatim, not my job. He's right. Well, yes, he does have a point there. So a podcaster by the name of Adam Johnson sent this tweet out. He said, fair evasion is by definition a fake crime. There is no harmed party, and it's a crime that can be stopped overnight. Simply take the $4 fare sign and replace the $4 with zero. Crime solved. The crime is now over 100% of fair evasion. It will lower it, and no one will go to jail. I mean... How about this? Even a better solution. No public transportation. <laughs> yeah, How's that, I, jackass? Let's go that route. I mean, that's that's liberal ideology 101, right? If you want fewer yeah. prisoners, stop building prisons. Um, right. <laughs> you know, if you want to get rid of fare evasion, just quit charging people to ride the subway. So there is a harmed party, though. Yeah, the people who pay taxes. The people who pay taxes, because yeah, if you lose that revenue stream, then you have to, if you want to keep public transportation running, you've got to increase taxes. You have to find revenue somewhere Sure. to keep that stuff running, because the trains don't run for free. No. Wow. And it's by, if it's by definition a fake crime, but also change the law, there'd be no crime. Right. Wait, wait a minute. Okay. My story today is out of the state of New York. Kathy Hochul, the governor, indicated that she won't permit the hiring of health care workers who declined to get the COVID vaccine. Oh, boy. Despite her vaccine mandate being overturned in the courts. And they have a serious health care worker shortage. Yeah. They need workers. They have them available. Ones that got let go because they wouldn't get the vax. She won't hire them back. Why? No, oh, why would you want healthcare workers, you know? <laughs> Holy cow. I mean, they don't so they don't add There's a reporter based out of Rochester that said our healthcare systems are in desperate need of staff right now. We've had ambulances waiting 5 hours at our local emergency rooms to unload patients. Oh my gosh. You imagine that? Oh my gosh. Well, if you're having a heart attack or something, you're dead. Yes, stroke, heart attack, yeah. You're trying to get treated in the ambulance? They're right. all stacked up there. We're just wanting to get them in the ER. We don't have enough people. Kathy Hochul. No, we don't want to hire people back. We want people suffering in the ambulance waiting to get in. Holy smokes, man. Yeah. I want to meet the guy who's having a stroke and asks first, have you been vaccinated for COVID? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great question right there. I'm surprised somebody doesn't sue her. That's got to be grounds for a lawsuit. I'm not an expert in law. You guys understand it better than I do. That's got to be a lawsuit, right? I would think so, because 
It's already been proven that it's it discrimination. It doesn't stop you from transmitting, and it doesn't stop you from getting it. Right. So and there's no mandate. No, that's been removed. So what are you doing here? But they won't hire you back. Yeah. So that that just doesn't make any no, sense. No, it to doesn't. Me. Uh, on a lighter note, I saw this, and this gets asked all the time. You've probably lived through this yourself. This is probably one of the things BuzzFeed does better than anything else is questions like this. Is it rude to ask a friend to help you move? What's your immediate reaction? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Okay. I differ. I think it depends on how old you are. Hmm. Yeah, up till about, oh, I would say, David, you're 35. I would say up till about 35, you're cool in there. Once, then there's maybe a gray area, 35 to 45. Once you're above that, man, that's a big ask. Just my opinion. Well, the last time I moved, I did not ask anyone to help me. I went ahead and ponied up the dough and had it done. Because I, th- I was like, I can't do this to any of my friends. They're too freaking old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on what all you got to carry. If it's just like boxes and things like that. But if it's really big stuff, and you're talking about couches. Yeah. You know, chairs and things like that. Yeah. Um, so as they, you know, did this survey... And I asked, okay, would you help a friend, uh, say, move furniture? 54% said yes. Um, and a lot of people said, well, as long as it's smaller stuff. Would you ask for help painting your whole apartment? 32% think it's fine. Whoa. No. I think it depends on the dynamic of the friendship, personally. Okay. Meaning, well, if, if you're he- really tight... Yeah, if you're really tight, you like hanging out together, then okay. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind helping out. If we're just kind of like casual friends and we really only hang out when there's a buffer friend between us, uh, uh-uh. I'm not I'm not painting your place for you, dude. That's not a bad way to look at it. What about deep cleaning your apartment before you move out? Mm. Only 10% yeah. would say that's okay. Is it okay to ask to borrow a small amount of money from a friend? Mm. Depends on the friendship, man. That's a tough one, man. Yeah, a third said, yeah. Uh, but if it's a large amount of money, only 3% said, yeah. yeah. What about pick you up at the airport? I don't. Depends I, on where you live. I don't mind that at all. But yeah, yeah I, I don't I, mind that either. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're to be honest, Scott, I mean, you're kind of your philosophy in life has been a friend in need is a friend you don't need to know. That's why I have a very small circle. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really your philosophy? No, it's not real. I mean, Are you really? I have some good. I have some good friends. Okay, all right. Um, do you know how much Indiana shelled out for the sixteen nineteen project author to to work for twenty four hours? You won't believe it. Coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You knew this was going to happen. Former Vice President Pence. Classified documents at his house. His lawyers find him. And now the narrative is, see? 
No big deal having these classified documents. Right. Get off Biden's case. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Did Pence have a crackhead son that was employed in Ukraine making gobs of cash? And one of the classified documents had to do with Ukraine? Well, did Mike Pence try to cover it up? No. Huh. Weird. He just got out in front and said, absolutely not. Then had his lawyers look through Mm -hmm. his home, which is still odd to me. I'm still stuck on that because it's so out of the realm of the way most of us live. You know, I've gone through the closets and the storage, and I've gone through these different things. I couldn't tell if there was anything classified or not, so I'm going to have my lawyers come in. Just ransack the house. Go through everything. Let me know if you find something. What? I I can't relate to that. I don't know, man. Why are they there? Can they clean the bathroom? (laughs) Going to be in there anyway. You know what? If anything, if any of us on this show, it should be Robbins to have a lawyer go through all of his stuff <laughs> because they probably find all this stuff worth a bunch of money. That's true, yeah. Because you're a whore. I mean, you're a collector. I you know. Careful. You got all this music memorabilia for your time as a bought and paid for top 40 DJ. I don't dispute and that. program director. I don't know. Statute of limitations has run out, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's some stuff worth dough. Cannot be prosecuted. Okay. All right. I uh, saw this story from Daily Wire. Indiana taxpayers shelled out over a hundred thousand dollars to that sixteen nineteen project author Nicole Hannah Jones. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, for Money two wasn't. days' work. Two days, huh? Yes, the deal between the trustees of Indiana University and Hannah Jones Speakers Bureau said the university would pay over a hundred grand for a twenty twenty two lecture on identity and identification. Okay, and apparently for the entire semester, Indiana students were told to focus on the theme of identity. You're going into debt for that? Yeah. Yes. How is that going to help you out in life? Yeah, I think we need to, uh, I don't know, two weeks to slow the spread with academia or something. Just shut them all down for a little while. Let's do an audit, See what are, what's being taught, and uh, and then maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to reopen them at a future date. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. It says, during the fall of 2022, this from the website, from the university, we invite members of the college and campus community to reflect on identity and all that it entails. Race, gender, ethnicity, sexuality, nationality, native language, socioeconomic status, and myriad other identities shape our worldview how we see, how we portray ourselves, and how we are perceived. Again, you're going in debt. Big time. For that. I mean, if you want to read about all those things, you can absolutely do that and make up your own mind. Instead of being, you know, shamed if you give a different opinion from what is actually being lectured, it it makes absolutely no sense as to me. As long as you're reflecting. <laughs> <laughs> What if I'm contemplating, Scott? Can I contemplate? <laughs> I think maybe that's that's okay too. But reflecting much better. What about ruminating? <laughs> yes, that's the second semester. Ruminating <laughs> what life is going to be like right. in debt for decades right. because you were brainwashed. Right. Reflecting right. on living under the bridge. <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody that just got paid, Justin Bieber. I don't know what your opinion is of Justin Bieber, 
But there are all these classic rock artists that at some point in time, and they they used to be perhaps people of integrity. I'll never sell out. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the catalog sold for a couple hundred million or yeah. whatever. Justin Bieber just sold his catalog for $200 million. That seems like a lot of cash. Yeah. When you're comparing it to other yeah. artists that have been around for a long time, but maybe it's worth it. Heck, I don't know. Is that just one of those things like you see royalty checks starting to sort of level off, and then you're like, all right, well, I'm going to cash out now and just call it a day? It could be. I mean, it, who knows, man? I mean, in 30 years, is you know the oldies or classic stations going to be playing the Biebs? Huh. I wouldn't bank on it. Probably cash out now. Maybe baby, 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 sell like formula or diapers or something. I don't know. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, the whole illegal immigration topic. People have had enough. So you've got a bunch of Republican states suing the Biden administration. Yeah, so remember what the Biden administration is planning on doing in order to try to lower the number of illegal immigration uh, patterns or uh, to lower the amount of people coming in illegally, I should say. Their, their plan is to actually expand the immigration parole system which basically says you can come in as long as you download this handy little app and say, I'm here, <laughs> like you're picking up your order at the Olive Garden. <laughs> then you on your new smartphone up. that we give you. And you can actually go on in, and you don't actually count as someone who has illegally crossed. So, so again, they, it's not actually lowering the number of people illegally crossing. You're just recategorizing who counts as an illegal immigrant now. Yes. That, that's all it is. Um, and you have legacy media running cover for you. Yeah, so now you've got a coalition of 20 states led by Texas uh, suing the Biden administration over its expanded humanitarian parole program. Uh, the lawsuit is joined by uh, not only Texas, but 19 additional states joined up. Uh, they're seeking to block the administration's parole program, which will allow, by the way, 30,000 migrants from Haiti, Nicaragua, Cuba, and Venezuela into the U.S. every month. <laughs> We're getting, so you've seen uh, the border. The border is secure because we have changed the definition of what secure means. It, yes, we have. And now we're actually changing the definition of what it means to cross illegally altogether. Gosh, dang, man. And it's it's so maddening because you feel so helpless and hopeless that anything can be done. It just keeps happening every single day. And there are people getting moved around all over the United States. Small towns don't know what to do with the people that just come into their town. And no one will help them. Well, The, Biden the federal government, it's all by design. Biden administration is going to hire 100,000 concierges. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Can I show you your quarters? Hey, seriously, 
You should be impeached for what's going on right now. Yeah. I mean, not just Mayorkas. Absolutely, he should be impeached. He should be, yeah. I still argue Biden should be impeached well, for allowing Mayorkas this should happen. be fired. He well, should be terminated. You clean out your desk now. Except he's doing what he's designed to do from his boss. I mean, you've said this before, and I agree with you. I mean, all these people, Boot Edge, Edge, Mayorkas, Ned, nobody loses their job. No. Nobody does. Well, you have part of the people that are doing the job that the Biden administration wants them to do, like Mayorkas. Okay? And then you have Pete Boot Edge, Edge, where that was just a deal to get him to stop his campaign back in 2020 before the election. Yeah. Hey, you take this out. We're going to have a job for you. I know what you wrote on a train once, right? Yeah. Like when you were younger. All right. Secretary of Transportation, fine. Hey, we'll in, give you a job. Just go ahead and bow out here and in, let me be president. In fairness, it wasn't just one train ride. He also rode on a boat for a couple weeks. I okay. apologize to the Boot Edge Edge family okay. don't, for don't, failing to recognize. get engaged in an airport terminal? Yeah, so, yes. Okay. So there don't, was that, too. Don't sell his resume short, my friend. Okay. And I think Mayorkas um, heard a song once about the Rio Grande. So why not, Director (laughs) of Homeland Security? There you go. Okay, all good. Meanwhile, uh, a lot of people around the country are wondering what is going on with the trans activism in schools. It is a massive problem in so many places. weird. And David, this story. Wow. This is unreal, man. Uh, Jordan Chamberlain, uh, she's with the uh, Washington Free Beacon. She found some training materials for teachers and daycare workers in North Carolina, and it's all about gender identity for four- and five-year-olds. It, Think about that. <laughs> four- and five-year-olds. Yeah. This was promoted by the North Carolina Association for the Education of Young Children. It shows a teacher who says she's non-binary holding a puppet in front of a bunch of little kids, again, talking about four- and five-year-olds, talking about the puppet's gender identity. Listen to this. Are you a boy or a girl? And MASH answers, I'm just a kid. But a kid. But kids can be boys or girls. They can be boys or girls. No, they can't. Stop it. Yeah. Maybe non-binary. Yeah. Just like me. So MASH, just like... A kindergarten kid said non-binary? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The indoctrination starts early. I was just going to say, come on, man. Just like me is non-binary. So they aren't sure if they're a boy or a girl. So when people ask them, are you a boy or a girl? Right now, they just feel like saying, I'm a kid. They're figuring it out. Why oh my gosh. He likes, does he like stars? They like stars. They like stars. Yeah. That's brainwashing, man. Holy smokes. I mean, th- this is one of the reasons why, you know, my wife and I, we we've been going back and forth over the years. Uh, now with a, we've got a 3-year-old daughter who mm-hmm. will be starting preschool fairly soon and whatnot. It's homeschool. Uh, period. You can't trust any of these people now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I know. You think about, say, you're with your kid at a park, okay, and you're kind of watching them, and they get just far enough, and an adult says what that person just said to your kid. How do you react? 
get the oh, hell away from my kid. Yeah, I'm going to call the cops. At the very least. Yes. At the very least, that would be the reaction. Yeah. Uh, then there's the discussion part of this training video that the, te- that the teacher you just heard, she's talking with other people, and here's how that conversation went. Okay. They're four and five years old, and they just didn't make a big deal out of being a boy or a girl. And I think it was a huge testament to how much we've been talking about it in the classroom that you never mentioned the term non-binary. It was a child who brought that up because it's constantly in conversation. Right. And shouldn't be. Yeah. (laughs) It's absolute brainwashing, man. You know, it's remarkable to me, as I mentioned, I've got a three-year-old daughter, and there is such a huge disconnect between what pediatricians on the ground are saying and what groups like these, education groups, and mm-hmm. what the uh, what American Academy of Pediatrics are saying about all this gender identity stuff. I texted you all this. We actually went to the doctor uh, just for a regular checkup last week. And as part of the developmental questionnaire that they gave, it says, using these exact words, ask your child, are you a girl or a boy? Does your child answer correctly? And I laughed because I thought, yes, that's a very normal question. But for some people, that would be offensive to (laughs) ask my three-year-old whether or not she gets it right when I ask her if she's a girl or a boy. Yes. But that's where we are right now. And it's absolutely got to be stopped. I mean, it's its own religion. And your kid's going to get indoctrinated if they're a part of it. And it's terrifying. You know, on the positive side, I guess a lot of this has uh, made some some inroads in school boards. There yes. are some people who took the bull by the horns this last time and ran and won. And that's what has to happen. Yes, it does. Can't lay back. Don't leave it up to the national uh, political environment to solve that problem. They won't. Oh, no, that's part of the agenda. They don't want to. Yeah. It's crazy. You got to do it a step at a time. Well, and you, well, I sent you, David, um, it was a video, Libs of TikTok, of this teacher whining because one of her students misgenders her. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this, Robbins. No, I haven't. (laughs) Gosh dang it. You know, I I just always go back to the kids are not in your classroom to, uh, validate your mental illness no they are not that's not what they're there for but this these people think well they are my kids Mm -hmm. and that's where you're completely wrong but here's the audio of this person i have a student in one of my classes that's homophobic transphobic sexist um purposefully misgenders me I went to the counselors today. I've been asking for a parent-teacher conference for months now. Hasn't happened. Counselors won't set it up. Um, But when I mentioned uh, the fact that he's misgendering me on purpose, I was told, well, some religions, you know, they don't have to do that because some religions don't agree with that, so they don't have to respect that. I don't know if this kid is religious. I don't think he is, but the counselor sure is. Oh, that's her problem. Honestly, I don't know. And I saw the video. I couldn't tell which gender the person is. Could you, David? I thought I thought this person was saying was one of these non-binary people, which a lot of times seems to be code for was desperate to stand out among her prettier friends. Oh, yeah, honestly, because as as I actually saw it, I'm like, is he calling you a man or a woman? Because I don't know. 
I'm not, I, I really don't have any idea. She made it obvious without directly saying it that she doesn't agree with who I am or my existence. So, okay, stop that's it. That's fun. Just stop it. it off. And I stop. hope she has the day she deserves. That's my existence. Please, yeah. drama, person, queen, whatever. It's not the existence. They're just not going to play ball with your crazy religion while they're trying to protect kids in the school. And if that means you don't want to do your job anymore as a teacher, then quit. The insanity stops. It has to. Good night. In an unrelated story, but kind of related, uh, U-Haul has published the list of places that people are moving to in droves, David. Oh, oh yeah, and once again, uh, this is their list of U-Haul growth states. This is where U-Hauls are going to and staying, I guess, where people are moving to. Uh, once again, uh, number one and two, Texas and Florida. Yeah. And, and something that's really interesting is that Virginia in 2021 was number 31 on the list, so very you know mid-pack to lower ranking. Yeah. Now it's number five. Now, what's happened since 2021? Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin was was elected yep. and said, we're putting a stop to this insanity. <laughs> and that's what yeah. has to happen. Uh, Illinois is number 49, and f- number 50 is California. No shock there. Two governors that want to be president run those, those <laughs> hapless states. Yes. <laughs> okay. Much more to get to. Hey, what's going to happen with Amazon launching uh, launching this $5 a month prescription plan as far as healthcare? This is an interesting story. That and much more coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Maybe you saw the story about Amazon launching the $5 a month prescription drug plan. Okay. We're going to get some business out of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. What's you the have catch? that look there's on your face. Catch. What's the catch? I don't think there's any catch. It's just oh. destroying other businesses. Right, That's they've... what Amazon does, man. I mean, the catch is that uh, Amazon takes one step closer to being the official government of the United States and basically... Your everything. When are they going to start having their own political convention and their own nominee? Well, you could argue with the amount of money they already do that goes yeah. to candidates. That's already in play. Yeah. But it's interesting. I was reading this at the Wall Street Journal. Um, you know how they think that they can really make some inroads, and I'm sure that they oh, will. Sure. As we've talked about on this show before, sometimes getting prescriptions is a pain in the neck. And they're talking about generics, and of course, generics are usually cheaper. But it's weird because some of the scripts that you may get, the deal that you have as far as your insurance goes, well, you can't get you know, the generic. It has to be name brand, which mm-hmm. means it's going to cost more. And then you see what a CVS or a Walgreens actually charges for that drug, and you're like, $185 yeah. or sometimes over $300, and the generic at... The other place is $20? How does this make any sense? And so as they're trying to make these inroads with, you know, Amazon, I'm reading on with the story, and maybe you remember this from a few years back. It was Amazon and Berkshire 
J.P. Morgan Chase, they were all going to go together on this one company mm-hmm. called Haven Health that aimed to transform healthcare and reduce the costs. Well, they're done. They've already yeah. given up on that. Yeah. Um, but there are companies investing billions in healthcare. And they, you know how sometimes at the Wall Street Journal, other news places, they'll do like a five-minute video to explain sort of what's happening. I've got this down to maybe 30, 40 seconds to try to paint the picture. And I bring this up because I think a lot of people in the country are frustrated with healthcare. You know, and when you start talking politically, the battle, it's almost like the Republican talking point. I love my healthcare. I don't want it changed. It says people who never have to use it. Yeah. <laughs> or you look at the cost. Well, yeah. Or And why is it I can't negotiate it? I can't call... Mm-hmm. A hospital and say, how much is it to get this surgery done? Well, I don't know. It depends on your insurance, and it depends on this. Well, what's the price? You can't get an answer. So just check this out. Corporate giants like Amazon, United Health, and CVS are investing billions into primary care practices, with deals tapping into the nation's $4 trillion healthcare market. $4 trillion. And it's part of a shift in America's costly healthcare system, moving away from the traditional fee-for-service towards value-based care. That model is about paying providers for keeping patients healthy, while a fee-for-service model is when medical providers are paid based on the amount of services performed. <laughs> it's a difference. Mm. Are you helping people be healthy, or you just want them going a several different places to rack up the cost? Because that's the current model. The U.S. spends more per capita on healthcare than any other developed nation, but still fares worse on most major health measures. Health experts say the incentives baked into America's fee-for-service system are part of the problem. Well, yeah. And when, you know, people make more money, the less healthy you are, is that a great model? Hmm. I'm just saying, I don't have yeah. all the answers. Oh, no. If I did, yeah. I'd be a billionaire. And then on the other side, you've got, you've got people who just want to say to hell with it. The government's going to run it because the government's so good at running things. Oh my goodness, man. I've seen that a lot though, man. There's two Walgreens in my neighborhood or in my general area around my neighborhood that have opened up uh, primary care offices is, is crazy. I mean, the offices look really good. I got to say, I'm not sitting here in love with Walgreens, but it, it, they, they are doing a good job. Well, and that's part of it. They're seeing a need out there. Yeah. And, of course, they're in business to make money. Oh, heck yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, $4 trillion industry? Yeah, there's money to be made, mm-hmm. no doubt. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David, is... Uh, there are a few out there. I mean, we'll see what the White House has to say today about classified documents and whatnot and the retention thereof. Uh, also... Uh, we are hearing now, I guess you could call it the new and improved Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker for the Republican Party. I mean, absolutely going after anyone who is criticizing him taking noted liars, Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff, off of the Intelligence Committee. Yeah, it's like the way he's fighting back media and the way he's being asked questions. It's like Trumpy or DeSantisy. It's actually pretty good to see. Those guys know damn good and well why they're not there. (laughs) They know. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer. The millennial on the show is David Van Camp and the sexy boomer. You know him. Scott Robbins. Uh, did you see Walmart raised minimum wages because of the worker shortages? Well, well you got to do that if you want to <clears> play ball. Got to have workers. Yep, got to have people working there. Yes. So we see that it's, well, going to surpass $17.50 an hour. That'll be the average pay for Walmart employees across the nation. Well, you got you to pay more than the government's paying. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, man? <laughs> Because, and maybe you've seen this totally different story, but along the same lines, it's the rise of men 25 to 54 years old that are just not working. They've dropped out of the workforce. What's, what's the deal, man? If there's something that's going to be, well, an irritant to you, Scott, it's this stat. I don't, well, it is an irritant to me, yes. Um, able-bodied people who don't put anything back into the system and don't, don't do anything. I, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear your opinion on anything. Well, I just don't. Some are claiming disability. Well, disability is one thing. Okay. I was on disability. Well, what, what counts as disability though? Yeah. That's There's the, the question well, that a lot of people have. What's the nature have. of your disability? Yes. I lo- would love to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Need more stats on that. Um, but it does seem, and you know, there have been, you know, many pieces written on this that it seems the, with COVID, there was this men without work syndrome started to spread because some people got a taste of, Hey, this is a lot nicer. I'm not grinding. Okay. Grinding's for the birds. Okay. I'm getting to do some things I actually enjoy now. I want a little bit more of that. Well, who's paying the bills, man? Well, the people sometimes the government. Well, if you're not, especially if you don't have kids and you're single. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just want to go play video games all day? Yes. To get those types of people to work, it has to hurt at some point. Mm-hmm. And another thing that had been talked about is you have so many less men that are getting married. Well, who wants to marry a guy with no job? <laughs> well... <laughs> That's, that's a good question. But it's also the fact that you got guys that are just kind of giving up. Like, I'm this age now. I'm not married. So, I mean, what's my incentive? Yeah. And for other people, if, you know, they are married or have someone in their life that is working, well, they'll work. I'll take care of everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of it, too. But I think you got to figure out, all right, how many people are just living off the government dime? Yeah. And that's got to stop. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but one of the things that I, I remember reading about that was really interesting, uh, especially uh, probably 2021 and, and especially last year, too, uh, even though the COVID emergency, for all intents and purposes, was over, mm-hmm. telemedicine and telehealth is still huge. Because that's something that when you didn't have to go to the doctor, actually, to get a prescription, to do all these different things, when you could just do it on a phone call or a Zoom call or whatever, people really liked that. And a lot of people who wanted to take advantage of the system took advantage of that as well and are still doing that. And when it comes to disability, they can actually get 
uh, cleared to collect benefits because of like obesity or something like that without ever actually having to go see a doctor. What they see, what they go see, is a nurse practitioner online, and that person says, "Yep, still disabled," and move on, because they've they're because a lot of these people online in telehealth are seeing you know fifty patients a day, so well, it's just sort of check the box and move on. I can't help but think as I walk into a grocery store yesterday and I see a dude, got to be in his seventies, he's bagging groceries. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, how many men? Of working age are saying, well, I just can't. I, I'm disabled. You could bag groceries with your, quote, disability, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Or you could certainly do other things where work is needed. At least do your part. Set up a system where you got to do something. There's got to be some incentive to get off your butt. Because if not, a lot of people, they won't if they don't have to. You know, it's funny you say that because I personally could have taken that route indefinitely. Yes, you could have. Indefinitely. After your heart attacks, yes, you could have. I, I was on disability. I could have stayed on it forever. Yes. I mean, I, you know, I, I, again, I mean, I could have had all kinds of reasons to stay on it. Yes. David yeah, but and I, I didn't want to. David and I were like, are you sure you don't want to? Well, I know. Why do you, you want to do like, this? Are you insane? What do you want to go back to? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't want to be that guy. You know, I really didn't. I know. Gosh dang! Well, I, th- I think the guy begging groceries at seventy, though, I applaud him. Maybe I know. he's just bored. It could be. He's like, I want something to do. I need a purpose when I get up in the morning. You know, likes I mean, to be around people. Yeah, like, just yeah, it could I, be. I can only do this sitting around so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. All right, let's switch gears. Uh, in the political world, Kevin McCarthy is making some people happy. Yeah, well, the new House Speaker has taken Democrats Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell off the House Intelligence Committee, which is a total, uh, totally reasonable thing to do. Adam Schiff used his position to propagate a disinformation campaign about Donald Trump in Russia, and Swalwell was compromised by a Chinese spy. Uh, but media and the Democrats are saying this is just political retribution, and, and to me it's like, well, so what if it is? Nancy Pelosi was taking Republicans off of all committee assignments out of political retribution, she was. This is how this works. If you start going down this road, you can't keep punching people without ever expecting to not get punched back. Uh, that's well, right. not only that, before we play this clip, tell me, because th- maybe I remember this wrong, okay? Politically, there's always been a divide, but nothing like it is right now. Is it just me or 10 to 15 years ago, this conversation of these two particular people on this committee, wouldn't it even have been a conversation? The guy slept with a Chinese spy. You can't right. be on the intel committee. No one would try to defend that. Right. What the? Well, <laughs> where are we? And the other guy was a huge leaker. Yes. And liar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, it wouldn't be like media would even be pushing back. It would have been, well, obviously, this guy can't be on the intel committee. Right. He was banging Fang Fang. I mean, the only question would have been, why didn't his own party remove him? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin McCarthy, though, he was pressed on this. Image is political retribution, blah, blah, blah. Here's what Kevin McCarthy had to say. Okay. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, 
And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell. But before we get to that, that that is true when you're talking about Schiff. It's not like he didn't know and then later got the information. No, he knew it and he lied about it. He wanted to get on the talking head shows and wanted to be the star of the party. He wanted everybody talking about him. Yeah, it was an ego. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on Intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the Intel Committee that has the rights to see things that others don't. By the way, a problem with a Chinese spy. I think he's being very nice. A very generous assessment of what was happening. Is that what happening. they call it now, a problem? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because of his knowledge and relationship with a Chinese spy. And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. Absolutely. That's not difficult. Okay. You know, I'll go through this real quick. Uh, Totally different story. It's really frustrating. We've talked about different cities across the United States that have been decimated. And we've mentioned our friends in Seattle several times. And I just happened to see this story last night. Where was it? Hot air? Yeah. Um, Golly, man. They basically had like a town hall of local small business owners. And this is hot on the heels of Nike saying, we got to close the Nike store in Seattle. I mean, with all the resources Nike has, and we can't do it anymore. We keep getting windows broken. We can't keep this store open downtown anymore. And so one of the guys who was featured in the story was a guy named Matt Humphrey, owner of a barbershop, and he asked, what happened to Seattle? It's painful to see that the word on the street is you can get away with coming in and robbing me. My whole life is tied to this place. If I go down, I lose my house. My family loses their house. I lose everything, and 40 people go on the street looking for jobs. He had mentioned around Thanksgiving someone had smashed a window that cost him six grand to replace. So he's saying, what can be done to help business owners dealing with problems that were ultimately public safety issues? Then there was another speaker, Ethan Stoll, owns a series of restaurants in Seattle. said, I love Seattle. This is my home. As far as the issue of crime... It's exponentially higher than it was before. Said in his first 17 years he was in business, his restaurants collectively had 10 break-ins. Okay? 10 and 17 years. Over the last three years, he put the number somewhere between 60 and 80. Golly. It's because people know they can break the law, and what's going to happen to them? Nothing. How does that ever work? I mean, it's the yeah. left, man. I mean, the way they want to run everything. Where does it end? And the criminals keep getting younger. You know, yes. Well, yeah. Prosecute them. Wasn't it about five years ago? I think it was when we uh, first got put on on KVI in Seattle. Yep. And we were there. We were talking with uh, folks who were running the station and, and running Como News and things like that. And. They had been talking about it at the time. Yeah, there, there's troubles. Obviously, we're a little bit concerned mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, giving out free needles and you know, city-sponsored injection sites and whatnot. Yep. But they were also talking about the triumph of that city, um, from like what the 70s and 80s up until yeah. that time, 
And they said, you know what, it, this is a little bit concerning, but, you know, back in the day, it was kind of like, last one out, turn out the lights in Seattle. And this massive turnaround that happened, partially because of the tech boom, obviously bringing in a lot of business uh, mm -hmm. into the city of Seattle, there had been this massive triumphant return of this beautiful city in America. And how quickly it has just fallen apart yeah, is it was, staggering. It is, man. And I think about all the people that we talked to, because we had a big listener party, and we're talking to, you know, just random people about their experience. And some people had to relocate from the city, you know, to outlying areas, because that's where they wanted to raise their family and do it in a safe way. And, you know, the overwhelming feeling that I was getting was they were facing a lot of problems, yeah. but they could get over it. But what's happened, especially since 2020, is yeah. it is unforgivable for the leaders in that city. Gosh dang it, man. By the way, I did see this, talking about different parts of the country. Um, there was a poll done, and it's asking all these questions. What's, what's the friendliest part of the country? Or what's the rudest? And... You know, they break it down by the Northeast, the South, the West, and the Midwest. South friendliest. You would say the South yeah. is the friendliest. Yeah, absolutely. It, and it is. Yeah. It was the same as 1983. 47% said yeah. yes. Who's second? Midwest? Yes. Man, we should have played a game. You'd have won this one, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the games we don't play <laughs> that I win. Uh, 30%. Who would be third? Got to be the east, northeast. Uh, no, no, I'd say the west coast. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of problems in the Pacific Northwest, but I mean, it's a lot of really good people there too. Yes. Very, very friendly. Well, even California, there's a lot of friendly yeah. people. When you think about the northeast, outside of our friends, oh, no. do you think friendly? No, I don't. That's why I said it. <laughs> well, that that would be third. Okay. Third was the west. Then the fourth is the east. And that's also um, the Northeast voted the rudest part of the country. Yeah, well, having been there, I agree. What do you mean? Well, the people I dealt with, put it that way. Were rude? Said pretty rude. You had the guy that owned a radio group yeah, that know, put you I'm up at his like house and took you into great seats at Fenway. Cab drivers and that sort of thing. That's the only you thing were I, treated like royalty. The only thing I had to go on. Oh, I got you. All right. Yeah, we went to the reggae lounge afterwards. <laughs> Dance the night away. Okay, you know who's a big victim? It's, you're just going to laugh. We'll get to it straight ahead. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The Secretary of State, the Secretary of, of, the, uh, yeah. of uh, uh, the military uh, behind me, uh, are, uh, they, they've been deeply, deeply involved in this, this whole effort. Armored capability, as uh, General Austin will tell you, speak, uh, uh, is, has, been, has been critical. Yeah, yeah, we're sending the 31 tanks to, you know, Iraq or uh, Afghan, where? Yeah. And there was no way we were ever going <laughs> to unite. Ukraine. What was it? I mean, excuse me, Iraq, Afghanistan. Yeah, whatever. No but we're sending the tanks happen. down to Ukraine. 
That's what we're doing. 31. Or is it Afghanistan? Or is it Iraq? I'm not, I'm not sure. It is Ukraine. He went down in the count, 0-2, but then he got a fastball down the middle <laughs> on the third pitch and actually put wood on it. Yeah. There you go. No one said that. Who said that? <laughs> you did. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. Do we have time right now? You know, this whole who's going to use the women's bathroom, who's not? Well, if you're a grown man that identifies as a woman, even though you got a bunch of whiskers, whatever, yeah. uh, you, you got to be able to use it because you feel safe there. <laughs> but this person was denied, and they're very upset. I've been having some stomach issues because of Trulicity, and I'd use the bathroom real quick. And they're single-use bathrooms, and it's the only place that I feel safe using the woman's bathroom. Well, I got done and got out, and this neighbor was talking to another neighbor and started pointing out the sign. I knew exactly what she was talking about because there's a big old woman sign. And I'm like, is there a problem? She's like, yeah, you're using the woman's restroom. You're a man. And I said, I'm a trans woman. And she's like, no, you're a man. And she kept saying that over and over. Because you are. This is my home. This is my safe place. I should be able to use the restroom. The the apartment manager knows I'm trans. Go up to your apartment. Yeah. The guy, for the record, the guy looks like Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. <laughs> God. He does. I mean, come on. Poor Kyle. <laughs> Where am I at? Wake me up when this is over. <laughs> we, all, we all died from COVID, and this is actually hell. <laughs> right. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David. I know we got some things to get to, and you have some breaking news, and there's a congressperson that thinks someone's trying to get him killed. Yeah. Yeah, Eric Swalwell. Oh, God. Is it him again? Yeah, Eric Swalwell. Everybody's trying to kill him. Yeah, he's a Democrat out of California who was heavily... Spotlight-deprived weenie this guy is. He was very much involved with a Chinese spy. Thank you. And his retort to that is, well, my district has a large Asian population, so it's not like this random Chinese person walked to my office, okay? Well, you don't really know what anybody's like till you sleep with them. <laughs> well, Eric Swalwell is one of the Democrats who's gotten booted off the Intelligence Committee, because obviously the guy got played by a Chinese spy. Pretty common sense, all right? Should have been booted years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I, I like Democrats always say, well, Paul Ryan knew about it. Okay, I don't care what Paul Ryan knew. I, I'm saying what's right and wrong. Correct. All right? It doesn't matter what Paul Ryan thought. No. Um, any, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, today he said that this is clearly political retribution, and you, we, it's not just about our committee assignments, okay? He's trying to get killed. Okay, let's hear this. The cost is not only removing us from the committee. On the Intelligence Committee, the cost is not only breaking, shattering the most precious glassware in the cabinet, a committee that's always been bipartisan. Oh. Cost. <laughs> shattering no. the glassware. No, and by what the way. What man has ever said that? Always been bipartisan. Yeah. Well, well, also, Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, 
literally said there's like 200 other Democrats who could be yep. on that committee. Correct. No, this is about him. Go ahead. Are the death threats that Ms. Omar, myself, and Mr. Schiff keep getting because Mr. McCarthy continues to aim and project these mouth. smears against us, even though we have said publicly. Okay, you know what? It rings really hollow. You can bring receipts if you want to. Think about somebody like Brett Kavanaugh with the death threats. No kidding. Did he go out there and whine about death threats? No. Not that I remember, but of course a guy like this would. These smears are bringing death threats. He continues to do it, which makes us believe that there's an intent behind it. Mm -hmm. You dramatic jackass. <laughs> just yeah, well, how would a weak, weak man? I know that the public reaction to someone getting death threats used to be a big deal. I can remember well, hearing yeah. about someone getting death threats going, oh my gosh, man, some nut's going to kill this guy or this woman. This is awful. Yeah. But you can only go to that well so many times. Well, and it rings a little bit hollow when, yes, it does. when you know, an uh, actual guy with a gun showed up in front of <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh's house right. with a plan to kill him and then got spooked by security there and, thank God, was stopped uh, before actually doing anything to a Supreme Court justice. And most Democrats were like, eh, eh. yeah, but he's still bad. Yeah, and we still should be protesting outside his house. Right. And or I mean, geez, I mean, for whatever reason, I think somebody put it. I, I, I like the way they put it. It's like, so Kevin McCarthy has everything to do with this, but Bernie Sanders has nothing to do with the fact that Steve Scalise walks with a limp now. Right. Yeah, give me a break. Can't have it both ways. This guy. Meanwhile, we're sending thirty-one tanks to Ukraine. Oh, there you go. That announcement uh, happened today. And uh, John Kirby, I forget his title. It's some yeah, weak title now. Whatever that guy's out thing. there. Yeah. One of the spokesmen. Uh, spokesmen. Yeah, he's out there talking about that. D Meanwhile, the way the media is treating the classified documents scandal with Biden now is, well, Mike Pence had the documents, so obviously Biden, he didn't do anything really wrong. I mean, this is a common occurrence, and, you know, there's there's nothing there. Well, that's not quite true. Yeah. You've lied about it several different times, and then more are found. Part of that, well, top secret documents on Ukraine, what does it mean? It's what a lot of people want to know. So that continues to move on. Big narrative is that there's been, what, 39 mass shootings so far in 2023. We've got to do something about this. Now, it's a little misleading when they talk about mass shootings and any death I understand is tragic yes there are some mass shootings different than others and one of the things that the left loves to do is group them all together yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's not just a little misleading it's outright lying it's like every town uh, the activist group will say like oh there have been more school shootings uh, this month than there have been days or whatever. Remember that? That was a big deal yes. a few years ago where they were like, oh, my gosh, there's been at least two school shootings every single day. Well, no, what they're talking about is any sort of violence involving a gun that was basically anywhere near a school. So when you hear school shooting, you're thinking a person walks into a building and starts yep. killing people. Yes. Just like with a mass shooting, you think someone walks into a building and just mm -hmm. starts spraying people. Well, that's not entirely true. It doesn't diminish anything that happens out on the street, but you are trying to give people the impression 
that Columbine is happening every single day, and it's not. That's a that's a total lie. Um, that's what they do. they try to use fear for their own gain. They do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, California Governor Gavin Newsom in his state, he's seen a couple of, I think we can all agree, would, would meet the criteria of what you think of when you hear mass shooting. Agree. Uh, Monterey Park, uh, was it Half Moon Bay? Um, mm-hmm. Farm workers were killed. Um, and these seem to be really specific targeted attacks. Um, Absolutely. And, and there's more to the story with this. I'm convinced of it. Um but anyway, yeah, he's out there trying to make political hay out of it, um, which is weird because his state's strict gun control measures clearly didn't do anything to stop these tragedies. One of the guns one of the gunmen used was registered with the state, which was supposed to keep people safe, right? Well, it didn't right. work. Uh, but, yeah, now we just need to gun control harder, uh, evidently. Here's what he told CNN. Okay. We need the federal government to do its job. This is on everybody. We've chosen this. This is our decision. Okay, hold on a second. They need to do their job. What does he mean by that? Is that just words that sound good to voters? Yes, that that's it. Okay. To live in these conditions. It doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. So we've chosen this. We've accepted this. We can sit there and say thoughts and prayers, or we can look in the mirror and say, this is the price, I guess, of whatever. Fill in the blank. Freedom? This is the price? I get Freedom? Freedom from what? To have your kid only do six or seven drills to hide under the desk each and every year as opposed to two or three? Freedom from what? Having complete vulnerability, being anywhere in a crowd, <laughs> dancing with a loved one? Well, I would argue that your gun control policies, the things that you think will solve the problem, actually creates more vulnerable, uh, more vulnerable people. Do you think you're going to get all the guns right. away from people? Right. Well, I forget the last number I heard. It's over four hundred million. Easy. Yeah, and, and that was one of the things I was bringing up the other day, talking about the Monterey Park shooting. Was this guy had an M eleven nine millimeter semi automatic? I mean, a, like a, a rip off Mac ten, basically. And uh, it was this guy must have been holding on to it for several decades. And the thing is, the guns are out there, and if someone wants to get their hands on one, they will. Either yes. they've held on to it for a long time, or they are buying it from someone who has held on to it for for a long time, and that completely. And so, again, when you try to make it harder for law-abiding citizens uh, to legally own and carry firearms, you're actually just creating more potential victims of people who really don't care what the rules are. Yeah, no, they don't. No, you know, I'll right. tell you, man. You're right. What really, <laughs> it really ticks me off that a guy like that can go out and say this, and this is the new talking point, um, this is not unique to California, but it's unique for our country because other countries aren't like this, right? You want to talk about unique to America? Switching gears? America's level of illegal drug consumption or the death tallies. The United States now consumes 85% of all the world's opiates. 85%. Wow. So the rate of overdose deaths is 20 times higher in America than the global average. But I don't see Gavin Newsom leading the charge to do anything about fentanyl overdoses or to stop the flow coming through the southern border. 
I mean, the leading cause of death among Americans age 18 to 45 is fentanyl overdoses. Unreal. What's the number? 2020, close to 92,000 died of a drug overdose. And then it raised sharply in 2021 and 2022. 109 overdose deaths in 2022. How many? 109,000. Wow. It's uniquely American. Divine. <laughs> Shut well, the up, is, the thing dude. Is, the thing is, there's only one solution, and that is to take guns away. That's the only solution they have. That's it. They don't talk about but de- by, about defanging the police, crooked district attorneys. Uh, this is ne- this is never talked about. They no. want to get to the root causes of everything, except this. Because the goal is to take guns away from. That's just good guy. Law abiding citizens. Can we have a conversation about why this is happening other than take guns away? That's the solution to all the problem. That's it. All we got to do is this, and that'll solve it. Well, of course, California, of course, has the most strict gun laws on the country. All right, I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to play something that makes you happy. Yeah, let's go. You don't even know what it is. No. But I bet it makes you happy. Okay. This has happened on the show several times. I don't think it's happened in a while. It seems anybody with an Australian accent is just fun. Okay, that's part of it. But this part is this guy in Australia sees that someone's getting ready to steal his neighbor's car. So he just starts screaming at these people, at these dudes, enough to scare them away. I think we've got all the swear words taken out. Oh, boy. I think. Hand on the button. All right. Just in case. Yep. But as he sees it happening, and part, I'm not even going to try to decipher exactly what he's saying because he's very emotional. At the time, but roll it. I can't get the bleep out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're hopping back in their own vehicle. Okay. So all I want to do is get Robbins to laugh. <laughs> get good. that high blood pressure. I down. like that. I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay, uh, got another news update to get to, <laughs> and more libs of TikTok fun straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, did you have a news update? Uh, yeah, well, John Kirby has been called in from the bullpen uh, yeah. uh, to talk uh, to the White House press corps, mainly about us uh, sending some tanks over to uh, Ukraine. Uh, but he was asked about uh, Biden's classified documents hoarding. Hmm. And the question was, how hard is it to walk out of a skiff? This is a secure area where you can view classified information uh, with classified material. How hard is it to just sort of wander off with that stuff? John, Hmm. how hard is it to walk out of a skiff with classified material? Everybody who goes in to a skiff uh, knows what the requirements are to go in um, and knows... Uh, what the requirements are to go out. Um, 
you, you know, there's, you can't bring personal devices in, and uh, you certainly can't uh, leave uh, with uh, material unless that material is appropriately secured. Ah. Hmm. Seems like it happens. It seems like it happens quite frequently. Wow. Also saw he was asked, as far as the money and weapons that we've sent to Ukraine, you haven't seen any signs at all. Yeah. You know, of any nefarious stuff going on there. Okay, no corruption? John Kirby says that's correct. Although, what do we have? What's the number? 11 officials from Ukraine have had to resign? Yeah, it's somewhere around there. Yeah, we're in the double digits now uh, because they were all skimming. Uh, like, one guy was charging for food rations like three times the value in order to pad his own bank account. Hmm. And yeah, the word is that Ukraine's been corrupt for a long time. Well, it's not the word. That's a fact. <laughs> now, but how, don't bring that up anymore. How because then you're a tool of Putin. Yes. No, you just want to know what the truth is. How is it I can't walk out of Walmart with a watermelon I didn't pay for without everything going off, <laughs> security chasing me down in the parking lot, but I can walk with nuke documents you restricted out of a building and nothing happens? You know what, man? I think I think we ought to send some of the Walmart greeters over to D.C. Yeah. and show people how it's done. By the way, you know, they're saying because of the war in Ukraine, the old doomsday clock moved again you heard that right do you don't care the official announcement all the majesty of it on this okay members of the science and security board move the hands of the doomsday clock forward largely though not exclusively because of the mounting dangers in the war in ukraine we move the clock forward the closest it has ever been to midnight it is now 90 seconds to midnight all right settle down dork I mean, come on. Well, you know where it was before that. Two minutes to minutes. Are you saying that I would have set the whole thing up just to play a little snippet of Iron Maiden on this show? I'm saying that. Yeah. Is that what you're accusing me of? Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson is now worried about what happens to his royalty checks. <laughs> I mean, these these dorks, I saw all the headlines coming up. Oh, the doomsday clock is now no. 90 seconds to midnight. And, all, and I'm like, I'm supposed to care what these people say? Who cares? Yes. You know what? Okay, we, we still have uh, some libs of TikTok fun to get to, some of the insane people that show up. But I felt like, you know, a nice story would be good. Did you, anybody hear about... The 16-year-old girl that works at the Arby's in Montana. No. Saved a guy. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, saw him in the parking lot. At first, you're going to hear her and then part the manager talking. This is pretty cool. I've had my BLS and my CPR license ever since I was 16. Okay. Good. Manager. She's like, shy. There's something going on out there. And I was like, okay, go ahead and go out there. I know she has some training in that. So she's seen it. She went out there. She acted fast. Yes, she did. I did compressions for maybe like three. And then he came back. Nothing around me was there. It was just me and him. All right. Good news. Wow. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Biggest story of the day, David? I think the biggest story of the day is we just had a White House official go out there in front of America and say... Yeah, we have, everything's counted for as far as we know uh, when it comes to our aid to Ukraine. Well, why, why would you even ask about that? Crazy, huh? What? 
No. Because of the corruption. No. They're freedom-loving people in Ukraine. They are, I mean, come on. I'm sure a lot of the people are, but those people don't handle the money. Yeah, but Zelensky is like Winston Churchill, man. Come on. Okay, can we <laughs> stop with that comparison? All right. All right, Robbins, you got your yep, three big it, stories. Man. We'll got get it. to that. A news update, some libs of TikTok fun all on the way right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jay Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. David, did you have another news update? Yeah, this is kind of weird. So, uh, the Republican House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, uh, booted a few Democrats off of uh, uh, committee assignments, or at least specific ones, uh, off of specific committees, including Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff. Off of the Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, of course, leveraged his position to spread disinformation about Donald Trump, a duly elected president of the United States, colluding with the Russians. When he knew the truth. Uh, Eric Swalwell had a relationship with a Chinese spy. End of story. I mean, that that should go without saying. She's Fang. She's Fang. Yes, exactly. Uh, Now, the weird thing is that the group of people who have been moved out have said that McCarthy will regret giving us more time on our hands. That's very weird. That's a weird threat to give, isn't it? So we must take down the Republicans. It's not make the country better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's that's mm. a little strange. No doubt about it. Um, Good if, if you want uh, some education today, free, because some people go in debt getting educated in universities. Some people, yeah. Majority uh, of the people, yeah. yeah. Uh, free education as far as libs of TikTok, because a student just got out of class and something finally really dawned on her. She couldn't believe it, that it wasn't obvious before. Oh. So if you want this before your trifecta, well, I can't Scott, wait to hear the pearls of wisdom here I'm about to hear. Yes. Because not being a college-educated person, no, Scott. No, I'm not. No. Yeah, me neither. Uh, th- this is free. Okay, roll it. I just got out of a lecture, and my professor said something that really struck me that I feel like should have been super obvious that I just had not like connected the dots on before. And that is the fact that the term American citizen is like a racialized term. It's associated with whiteness, whether we want it to or not. Okay, David, you're already laughing. Oh, God. I'm laughing. I've told the story plenty of times, but during my time as a news reporter, uh, my favorite stories that I ever covered were the times I got to go to a naturalization ceremony. This is where people who have immigrated legally to the United States of America uh, become United States citizens. And it is a beautiful ceremony it is is a humbling thing and makes me eternally grateful that i was born in this nation looking at all of these people who have spent years countless dollars put in the work put in the time because they thought that u.s citizenship meant something 
that's a powerful thing. And well, I, a lot of times the most patriotic people you'll find. Yeah, and I, I mean, really, if you ever sit through one of these ceremonies and you see the looks on these folks' faces when they finally get to say, I'm a United States citizen, doesn't matter what color they are, doesn't matter what country they came from. It is a powerful thing. Totally agree. Well, the one thing that has me a little confused because uh, I mean, I saw this video. She's white. Okay. But she talks about her mom. I'll just roll on here. Follow. Because of the way that white supremacy is so like intricately bound with the foundation of the country that we call America, that when you hear the word American citizen, the first thing that comes to mind is a white person. And what's crazy is I have this super vivid memory when I was only like maybe like five or six years old. My mom was just about to get her citizenship and she was like, yo, yo, I'm going to be an American citizen. And I was like freaking out because I fully thought that my mother was going to turn into a white woman. Oh, God. And obviously she didn't, but it's just crazy to me how at such a young age, I already was conditioned to think that American citizen meant white by default. So you've Is always it that been or dumb. are you outing yourself as a complete idiot? You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Bleat melodramatic jack wagon. I resent you using jack wagon with yeah. that because that's that's yeah, really no, an insult really to all jack wagons. Jack wagons yeah. You know, I, I will say, you know, I, I just I just have to say this. Uh, she's outed me as well because one thing I didn't tell you about all these naturalization ceremonies that, uh, yeah. well, uh, when people from Nigeria uh, took that oath and became American citizens, they became white. Looks like they were from Ogden, Utah, man. It was crazy. <laughs> and what five-year-old is worried that their mother's going to turn white when she becomes an American? That's just out-and-out out garbage. I'm five. I'm, I'm worried my mom's going to turn white. Well, is she trying to say, you know, if you are thinking about China and you're thinking about Asian people, well, see, you're under the spell. Please. <laughs> It's Asian supremacy if you're thinking that way. What? What? Yes. What? Her professor, after her professor was talking. Yes, and yes. she's so surprised. Fantastic. Okay, are you ready for your big three of the day? Let's roll. I figured you would be. All right, roll it out. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. All right, every day at this time, the Scott Robbins trifecta. Scott's top three stories of the day always helps by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. <laughs> How you doing? Are you doing okay today? Good. All right. Yeah, I think he's ready. I'm ready. Of course okay. he is. Three. Number three, educational freedom just got a win in Iowa. This is a cool story. Uh, Iowa has become, uh, made history, becoming the third state in the nation to approve a universal school choice program. Oh, the governor there, Kim Reynolds, signed the legislation into law, touting it has an educational freedom for every single child in the state, regardless of their zip code. For the first time, we are going to fund students, not systems. Parents, not government, can now choose the education best suited for their child, regardless of their income or their zip code. Iowa has affirmed the educational freedom belongs to all. Now, it's interesting because they're going to use what they call an educational savings account, which is an ESA. The government dollars used for students will be reserved for each child's education and put into a monitored savings account. Parents, then, are free to use the money in those accounts to put toward any school they wish. 
and even to other educational endeavors that qualify, like certain supplies for homeschooling, educational field trips. Some parents may choose to put those dollars toward the government school their children already attend. Some may choose private or charter options. Some homeschool. But either way, the money per student that they were going to the schools are not going to go into these accounts, and the parents can use it as they wish. Wow. Good news for a lot of people. That's great news for a lot of people. Bad news for some people. Well, and all of a sudden, you better shape up or ship out, man, when it comes to, like, let's get, let's get, I mean, this has got to be a school now that actually churns out students. Well, not only that, but if you're in a small town on the Illinois side right there at the border. Yeah. Yeah. This just got a whole lot tougher. Yeah, right. You like it wasn't tough enough already. You know what? Davenport looks pretty good. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Now, on with the countdown. Think about the football programs they can build now. <laughs> Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Number two, Republican Senator Josh Hawley has introduced a bill named after Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, I like this one. The name of the bill, which uh, seeks to prevent lawmakers and their spouses from trading stocks and other securities on which... They have privileged information. It's called the Pelosi Act. I love Josh Hawley, by the way. It's an acronym for Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments Act. Pelosi. That's top shelf right there, baby. Members of Congress and their spouses should not be using their position to get rich on stock markets. So he is introducing legislation to ban stock trading and ownership to members of Congress and their spouses. And family members. It's called the Pelosi Act. My love, love for it. Josh Paul uh, Holly just grew. Except you called him Polly. Almost yeah. did. <laughs> That's kind of a combination. Yeah, he'll he'll forgive you for that. Yeah, I think so. We're getting closer and closer to number one. The thing is, you hear this type of legislation, you think to yourself, "This is okay right now. It's okay for Paul Pelosi to get rich." Off knowing what's going on with inside the government in terms of legislation. Oh, dude, they've talked about insider it's trading really forever. It's really something that this has been allowed to happen. Yes, yes. on both sides. Oh, sure. To yeah. be fair. No, not right. I don't want to be fair, but okay. The Scott Robbins right. trifecta <laughs> up to number one. Number one, Google employees are demanding psychological <laughs> safety from their bosses. That's, that's right. What? Google uh, just had their big round of layoffs. You know, they let go 12,000 employees. Yeah. And the ones who still have their jobs are now demanding. Why are you yelling? Psychological safety from their bosses. They want to bring in some psychologists to help out. They're torn up over it all. What What is meant by psychological safety? Google employees base said their management psychological safety is paramount. The employee the, the employees that were asked for this were outraged over the fact that the other employees were let go. How are we supposed to ever feel safe again? You just willy-nilly fire people. Well, sink or swim, buddy. Better get better at your job. Be so okay. good they can't fire you. I understand the tech world's different. Okay, David, do you find this with your generation of millennials? No. That it, okay. No, and I, right. you know me. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to uh, uh, necessarily pass up an opportunity to... Uh, dunk on millennials or Gen Z or whatever, but man, I don't know anyone who really expects psychologists to show up because there have been some layoffs. They can say, well, it sucks. Obviously, it sucks whenever there's layoffs involved. I would also just say, if you know that the axe is falling and they're not done yet with layoffs, 
why in the world would you start being the squeaky wheel right now? <laughs> Keep your head down, man. I think because you have a whole lot of people that are used to screaming, Injustice! It oh, hurt yeah, my right. feelings! No, right. And you've got people coming around, they're, we're so sorry, okay, we can make it better. I'm a nervous wreck because I might get fired next, I need help. No, you got a deal. Welcome By the way, to the real world. In case you were wondering, the Google people who got laid off got 16 weeks of base pay, two additional weeks of pay for every year they were at Google, Wow! 16 weeks of accelerated share vesting, and six months of health care. That's Shut awesome. <laughs> That's, <laughs> if I were at Google, wow. I'd be like, and I was like kind of thinking about quitting, like, please lay me off. My Absolutely. Goodness. Yes. And there you have it. <laughs> We're afraid. <laughs> okay. We got to get to uh, another news update. And, of course, Nimrod's in the news. And then there was a question out there. If people were given an extra four hours a day, what would they do with it? All straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Hey, remember that uh, eviction moratorium that, uh, I mean, actually, in fairness, it was the Trump administration that started it. Did you hear that? What was that? That was my Apple Watch. Oh, your Apple I just Watch raised my hand oh. as I'm introing David Van Camp. <laughs> but Siri's not finding any info. Oh, that David. drives me crazy. I yeah. want to turn that feature off. I apologize. That's all right. Uh, but, yeah, the Trump administration gave the CDC the power to invalidate uh, property owners' rights uh, mm-hmm. with the eviction moratorium. And then uh, Joe Biden extended it well past it was uh, its due date, basically, and then actually tried to ignore the Supreme Court, which said, no, you can't do that. The CDC does not have the authority to do that. Well, now they are looking for another way of screwing property owners out of their right to collect rent. They are talking about a state of emergency on housing and exploring ways to regulate rents, national rent control. Now, this is patently illegal. They they will not be able to do this. The Supreme Court, when it's challenged, if they ever try to implement something, will never let it stand as law as law of the land. But you do so many wonder. of these people don't care. No. They just don't care. And they know it's illegal. Yeah. Don't care. Going to do it anyway. Well, the other thing I wonder, you know, they got a nice little test drive of the emergency powers that the executive branch can exercise. So, you know, uh, <laughs> that, remember, that's what most of the fight was about anyway over the eviction moratorium. It wasn't about people who lost their jobs because the government told them their work was not essential. It was about saying, well, we want to be able to still give the authority to federal agencies uh, to mandate certain things. That's what the fight was more or less about. Um, and so, yeah, they're they're trying to solve a problem that was created by government, um, which is, well, what the government's good at, solving or creating problems and then trying to solve them and thereby creating new problems. Goodness gracious. I think this might be some good news. I don't know if you happen to see this. Uh, the world's fattest countries have been revealed in a new interactive map. Where do you think U.S. is? Number, Number one. Number one. 
Here's the good news. Number 15. Wow. No kidding. Yes. Seems like there's a lot of islands, like islands that maybe you've never heard of before. Uh, As a matter of fact, number one is the Pacific Island of Nauru. That's remote. French for donut. (laughs) Dude, how many people out of 10 do you think are overweight? There on that island? Uh, if, If you're the fattest country in the world. I would guess three out of four. I'm going to say four. It's higher than that. It's nine out of ten. Holy smokes. Or at least overweight. Wow. The island of Palu is second with 85% of the population overweight or obese, followed by the Cook Islands at 84.7%. If you are a bigger person, the good news is not a lot of competition. (laughs) You don't have to worry about, you know, Thor bod walking by you on the beach. Well, the island tip over, though. (laughs) And Johnson's not right about islands tipping over, Scott. I was going to say, I'm going to move there and then be a track star on the island. (laughs) Right, win all kinds of contests. Oh, and real quick, before we get to Nimrods, I mentioned if people were given an extra four hours in a day, Americans would use them to do what? You know what most said? No. Household chores. Take care of some things. I get that. I don't believe it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, on your deathbed. If I just had more time to do more chores, it would have been great. Well, I don't get that. All right, let's get to Nimrods. Roll it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. This is quite a feat in Canada, Winnipeg, 31-year-old woman. Uh, was arrested after setting off a firework inside a crowded restaurant. Why did she do that? Well, she wanted to distract people because she wanted to steal something. You know what she wanted to steal? No. A pizza. No. <laughs> then she ran outside and hailed a taxi. Well, she got in but started acting belligerent, so the driver tried to kick her out. When he opened his door to get out, the woman jumped into the driver's seat and started driving, oh, dragging my. him 30 feet. Jeez. Cops pursued, arrested her after she crashed into a snowbank. How hungry you got to be. Big time. Wow. That's Nimrod's in the news.